Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Sanford, all on the Eagle Hour today. Luke and I in beautiful downtown Laurel in the First Bank studio. Kelly and uh, Dalton back in the studios in Hattiesburg. Track coach John Stewart is also in the studio in Hattiesburg. He'll be joining us in just a moment. We'll be talking to Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald later in the program as well. Lots to talk about today. Uh, lots of great track news as always since Coach Stewart came to town. And of course a lot of baseball to discuss as well upcoming. want to remind everybody that the opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good friends who are big supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, other great meats that they smoke in-house every day. They'll cater any event for you as well, large or small. Delicious homemade ice cream, but Kelly can testify to the fact he was actually evicted from uh, Dickies. I'm not sure twice. If, twice if the bans are still in effect. But Kelly, explain to our listeners: you can't just go eat the free ice cream. You have to buy something in order to enjoy the free ice cream. I also didn't realize there was a time limit involved. <laughs> you know, so if, I, <laughs> if I go for lunch and get there at twelve, I mean, at four, do I have to go? I mean, I, I didn't know that they put oh, a, a stopwatch on you. Uh, you were talking about college baseball too. The state high school baseball championships going on. Unfortunately, Summerall was just beaten in game one of the best of three game series against New Hope. The Bobcats scored two runs in the bottom of the last inning to get to state, and then, as fate would have it, they gave up two runs in the first game in Jackson in the bottom of the last inning to lose 8-7. to seven. So they'll play again uh, tomorrow. But a lot of area teams from here in the Hattiesburg area doing, um, you know, up in Jackson. West Jones won its first game. Taylorsville won its first game. So there might be some state championship baseball teams right around this area. Even though this is a Southern Miss show, a lot of high school people wanting to know how our Good teams deal. are doing. Two of, two of those head coaches, right. Stringer's coach and West Jones coach, Trey Sutton and Wade Weathers, former Golden Eagle baseball players. Right. So good luck to them. And Kelly, I do want you to know Luke is researching that Lindbergh question you asked him uh, before we went on the air. I would, I if, you're, if you're out there and you're listening, <laughs> Kelly Sander is being a jerk, okay? So that's what happened when we came on the air. How's he's being a jerk. Him? He's never been a jerk before, and he's being a jerk. There we go. Look, we're just having fun. Every, you know, everything with me is a joke. You know that. We say that. Kelly Jerk Sander. That's what it is. Uh, okay. yeah. You want to tell right, the rest of the go. story, as Paul Harvey oh, would say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually do research when I prepare for this show, so right, that's what that's right, what two week old research. And he's researching, yeah, two week old research, <laughs> and he is he is updating the search for the Lindbergh baby. If anything breaks during the show, we'll be we'll be sure to make sure the right timestamps on it to yeah. pass that along. All right, Coach John Stewart may never come back after this, but he's in the studio with us right now in Hattiesburg, one of our favorite guests. And uh, Coach, congratulations, John, on another incredible year. I, I 
tell you, you've just done such an incredible job uh, as the track and field coach at Southern Miss, and I know you've got to be happy with uh, the way all your kids performed again this year. But there's still a lot of work to go, go to, Coach Stewart, right? There's, there's still a lot of work to do. We uh-huh. still have uh, the good part of the season is coming up. We have the East Region Championships. We have the NCAA Championships coming up. So a uh, very exciting time is coming up. And, uh, you know, not only that, I got my referee shirt on for, uh, you know, Luke, you guys, if you need to get in a fight or something like that, I'll, I, can, I can break you up and get you back together. Whatever you need me to do, I can referee. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> well, talk about your team, Coach, uh, your, uh, where you are at this point of the year, how satisfied you are uh, with the performance of your kids. Well, this is a, hey, this is a real fun part of the year. We have, uh, the, you know, the best part of the season with the East Region Championships. This is the elite level kids. They're sticking around town, and uh, you know all they're doing is just living in the dorm and and uh, coming to practice every day. So it's a fun time for them. It's a fun time for the coaches because we get to work with just a few kids, and it's just the best kids. So this is a, a lot of fun for us. Mm-hmm. We've been real excited about the way they've performed all year. They've 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 done great, and we've got to this point. Now they just have to perform at the next meet, and then they qualify the top twelve. We'll get to go into the national championships in Austin, Texas, and and I'm very excited about that. I think we had got some. Uh, uh, some pretty good kids are going to make it there, and, and hopefully they'll be on TV and, and representing Southern Miss really well. Yeah, and we know that Austin in go. July and August is beautiful. <laughs> it's about 150 hey, degrees. The hotter, the better for us. The hotter, the better. We'll just burn up all those teams from up north and out west, and, and, and we'll just take over. And that's not – Coach, there's, talk there, about, there's an event after that as well, right? After the We have the USA Championships for the kids that qualify for that. That's in late June, and that's, that's, uh, you know, that's really way outside the season. But it, it is a chance for the kids to qualify for a national team or you know, running the World Championships team or a World Junior team, and, and that's a lot of fun for them too. Coach, we've heard so much about uh, Warren and West uh, on, on your men's side, and both of those guys got some gold medals at the conference championship. Talk about Callie Jones and what she accomplished. Also, Denisha Jones with all the, the points that she scored. Well, gosh, Callie, uh, she's a tremendous athlete. You know, we knew she's going to be very good, and and uh, she just kind of been holding something back for the last couple of years, and she just unleashed it at the conference meeting, won the heptathlon. She came out of nowhere. She's way behind in points. And then all of a sudden she throws like a 51-meter javelin throw. That's I don't even know what it is in feet and inches really, but it's she just destroyed everybody and jumped ahead about 400 points. And then that kind of uh, put her ahead of the group, and she just held on in the 800 meters, and she wins the heptathlon. So uh, in the East Region, she's like number 18 right now. Uh, but she can do everything. She can jump. She can hurdle. She's got a monster arm. Not bad for a girl that weighs about 115 pounds. So, uh, hmm. But she's done great. And now, Denisha Jones, there's no relation. Now, Denisha Jones was uh, t- truly outstanding at the meet. She scored 21 points. She's a high point scorer of the whole uh, Conference USA Championships. And she was just great all weekend. I've learned in this process, um, you know, we talk about in baseball, there's the baseball teams get 11.7 scholarships. Track, you get, you get a really weird number, too, but you have to spread that out over cross-country, indoor, and outdoor track. Coach, kind of fill in some blanks for us. Yeah, we have 12.6 scholarships for the men. That's the maximum. Uh, then the women have 18 scholarships. And we just spread it out. I mean, some people own a box of pencils, and some people own a full scholarship. So we, we just spread it all out, and um, it, we do the best we can. It's kind of like baseball. Baseball does the same thing, except I think they have a minimum amount that they have to give where we don't. We can give somebody – 
a nickel, and that counts as a scholarship if we wanted to. And I think the layperson might think that cross-country and track and field are completely separate because cross-country tends to be in the fall, right, and track and field right. in the spring. But lots of times there are crossover athletes No, that, that comes. they all come out of the same pool of scholarship money. Cross-country, indoor track, and outdoor track, they're all in the same pool of scholarship money. And a lot of the cro- people that run cross-country in the fall will then... Yeah, yeah they have to. It's like if you're going to come okay. and run, you're going to run cross-country and you're going to run indoor and outdoor track. I got you. But, but obviously, longer distances. Right, right. cross-country people. Right. And what about, like, in, in Mississippi? How, are, how do we do in track and field at the high school level? I, I tell you what, in Mississippi, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of hidden talent. You know, you just have to go out and see it. You don't see it, you hear about it on the news, or you don't see it on the Internet and results all the time. But if you go out and just see meets and you just make contact with kids, you'll see a lot of talented athletes. And sometimes it's just they haven't they haven't had a you know a high level amount of coaching yet, and so you know we, we just have to go and really evaluate when we go out into the state and see kids. I was just going to ask that because lots of times, and this is no disrespect to our our school system, but lots of times it's the science teacher that just happens to also be the track coach because somebody has to do it. Well, sometimes it's just the you know the there's a rotation. There's a football coach like the assistant football coach. Hey, you get to be track this year, and then next year you get to be soccer or whatever, and they just rotate those guys around so they can get a supplement. But uh, that's not with every school, but that's with a few schools. So. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a short season, and the kids just don't right. They start to get in shape right at the state championships, and by that time, it's the you know the season is over with. Now, where Southern Miss is in Hattiesburg, the Tigers, the Hattiesburg High Tigers, are a terrific track. Yeah, now they're they're great. They're well yeah. coached. They have they have a great programs. So. Are, are there other stud high schools in the state that, that produce a lot of good consistently good track? Uh, there's there's so many. There's a lot in the Jackson area. There's you know there's there's just Tupelo and and Oxford and uh, there's there's great programs. Programs everywhere, everywhere, really. So that's good. That's good to know. Now, Coach, we hope you'll come back uh, after these uh, next meets. Uh, we're about out of time, but before we let you go, you're in the studio there with Kelly. Can you can you picture the days that Kelly was doing the hundred meters at um, at Iowa State University? Wow. Uh, no, I can't. I can't picture that. I, I can picture a hot dog eating contest or something like that. Oh my gosh! But, but not necessarily. Thanks, a Coach. Ice cream eating contest. Oh, Coach, my you're gosh. my Conference USA champion. You are my Conference oh, USA champion, Coach. Hey, Coach, it's always fun having you on the show. We always appreciate you uh, coming to the studio. We want to get you back too when uh, when the track season has wrapped up and uh, we can just kind of do a review of the whole year. Is that good? Uh, it'd be my pleasure. And as a millennial coach. I want to tell you, I am offended. Wow. Wow. <laughs> coach John Stewart, everybody, the track and field coach extraordinaire of the University of Southern Mississippi. Hot dog All right, when we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit, talk a little baseball with Patrick McGee. The professor comes to us from the Biloxi Sun-Herald right after the break. Wow. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, glad you're with us this afternoon. want to thank uh, one of our really favorite coaches, John Stewart, the track and field coach at Southern Miss. want to thank Coach Stewart for uh, coming in the Hattiesburg First Bank Studios and uh, sitting in with Kelly and the guys over there. Always uh, fun talking to him. And what a great job uh, Coach Stewart, uh, by every account, has done at Southern Miss. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Kelly and I love the place because they have big shirts there and a big selection of them. And uh, we appreciate that. Also want to remind you that around the state, you can buy your Southern Miss swag from Campus Bookmart simply by going to their website, campusbookmartmart.net, and uh, they'll deliver your Southern Miss apparel right to your front door. All right, it's Thursday. We always go to the uh, Gulf Coast and talk to our good friend down there, the professor of the Biloxi Sun-Herald, Patrick McGee. And, uh, Patrick, uh, good to have you back on the show. Big baseball weekend starting tonight. The tournament just around the corner. Uh, thought a very interesting, uh, what you, or an article of yours that I read. And, uh, you, you pointed out that the Golden Eagles have two win streaks of eight or more games, which is very good. And yet they need outside help to win the regular season conference. It's been an up and down season. Fair to say? Oh yeah, it's it's been an odd year. Uh, you know, injuries off and on. You know, things have popped up. It's just one of those years where uh, you know there is either really good or or really can kind of hit a hit a rough stretch. They've had you know a couple of points where they've won four or more games, something like that. So it's been an odd year, and it's for the first time in a while they're entering that final regular season uh, series with no certainty as far as the postseason goes. I mean, you were pretty confident last three years that they had a. Uh, regional bid waiting on him, but Southern Miss has got to play well this weekend and next week to assure itself of the spot in the in the, in the tournament. <clears throat> I think the big problem uh, from just a fan's perspective that I see is has been the lack of consistent starting pitching on the weekends. You agree? Well, yeah, that's part of it, and injuries have kind of played into that as well. Uh, Walker Powell has been healthy pretty much throughout the season. He's starting really well, but nobody really behind him, and that uh, nobody's really solidified in the number two spot or the three spot. Uh, so yeah, that's been a problem, and the hitting's kind of disappeared at times. And of course, uh, we've seen times where the defense has just really hit a hit a wall and just kind of you know felt falling apart. Uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of little different things. And the way I kind of put at it is Southern Miss is kind of taking the field this season with no really one facet of the team knowing that they can rely on that to kind of pull out some tough games. They have to play well and kind of come together every night to, to win ball games. It's not really a, there is no Nick Sandlin or a, a Luke Reynolds or something like that. Of course you have Matt Walner, but uh, even he had a rough start to the season. So uh, it, Southern Miss is really going to have to have it all come together here going into the conference tournament. If they want to have a chance to make a run in the postseason. Patrick, let's let's talk a few scenarios, okay? And and then mm-hmm. I want to ask you a follow up on a pitching question. All right, if if the Eagles do not win uh, the Conference USA regular season championship, how many games do they have to win in the tournament? Do you think uh, to get in a regional? Uh I mean, I I think they're in with one win. I think two wins makes it safe. Uh, I, I think it really just all comes down, no, no matter if they're the one seed or not, they just got to win this series this weekend. Because if somehow something, you know, things fall apart against UAB and they lose this series, I don't think they make it in. Uh, just because they would have lost uh, three consecutive weekends and then all of a sudden they're losing to the worst team in the conference. Uh, therefore, I think they would probably have to turn around and maybe 
they either win the conference tournament or make a run to the the title game. Uh, it's it's one of those things where Louisiana Tech's right there. If they get hot, uh, win this weekend and go in the tournament, make a run, they may have a higher RPI than say Southern Miss going. And I don't think maybe it, I think they would need to beat Southern Miss though because uh, uh, Southern Miss went to Tech and swept them there. So it's 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 just not a you know easy situation. I think Southern Miss is probably going to get in. Uh, but they just can't uh, can't afford any major setbacks at this point. They have to win this weekend and make a strong showing in Biloxi. Uh, are, are, is there a possibility now? Uh, I don't think we would get in as a four seed, but it's looking more likely unless we would win the tournament and win the, the regular season right. uh, championship. We would probably be a three seed now, correct? Right. Yeah. That's that's as the team stands right now. They're a three seed. Uh, I, I think. If they won the conference tournament, they're probably a two seed. Uh, I think if they are a three seed, I think that maybe decreases the chances that they would go to Starkville because I think they would be viewed as a, th- a strong three seed. I think they would probably be headed to a maybe a lower seeded host like an LSU or something like that. Uh, so it's you know it, it, it kind of seemed like Southern Miss was headed to Starkville all along if they went to the postseason, but I think that's kind of changed. Maybe even Atlanta comes into the picture. Right. Uh, pitching question. Who do we know? Because there's just, you know, there's rumors here or there. Who, who is not available uh, in the next two weeks, pitching wise? Uh, I understand that Mason Strickland may be unavailable. I, I don't have that on solid, but I understand he's not 100% right now. Uh, if he's not in the fold, that kind of. That kind of hurts, uh, even though he, you know, he has hasn't had that good a season this year as he had as last season. But you want an experienced arm in there that you can put in there uh, to make a start. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Mason Strickland right now is a question mark. Kelly, high school wise, you, you, we talked about pitching help that the Eagles needed. You've got. Uh, two outstanding pitchers, uh, one at West Lauderdale, uh, Etheridge. Uh, West Lauderdale was beaten by Summerall at South State, but Etheridge, a real strong throwing right-hander. And then right up the road, uh, in your in your neck of the woods, Luke, um, in Soso, you've got uh, Dickerson, who, who actually pitched the Mustangs to game one win in the 5A state championship uh, series up there in Jackson. So pitching-wise, on the recruiting front, it appears, Patrick, that, that some serious help is on the way, yes? Yeah, at least in the in the pine belt, you, know, you see the the staff has done a really good job of kind of focusing in on uh, West Jones and, and Summerall and kind of getting the guys that are falling along. And anybody that's really coming out of that West Lauderdale program, you expect them to be pretty darn good if they you know if they they got that level of talent. West Lauderdale is really an impressive program. Summerall, but yeah, I mean it's they look good. We'll see what happens once they get to the college level, but you can tell that, that, <laughs> yeah. that Scott and staff are really focused on getting these guys in the pine belt. And you, you really, people who say, why, why do they always get so many pitchers? Why do all these teams have so many pitchers? <laughs> well, we've talked about all the injuries that are involved yeah. with the pitching arm. Again, physiologically, the arm is not really designed to work that way over a long period of time. Uh, it's almost to the point now where it's it's not a matter of if a kid will have Tommy John surgery. It's kind of when. But that's why right. pitching is at, at such a premium, and we hope that that will be the case as these guys come in next year. Yeah, and I think it, the pitching deal is maybe the most unpredictable uh, in recruiting. Sometimes you just don't know how they're going to play out the, at the next level, so you need depth and you need to sign as many pitchers as you can because injuries and guys that just maybe don't pan out as a college pitcher, you just never know. Uh, what you're going to get out of them until you get them up on campus. Yeah, and then you got you got guys that are at the 6A level that might be a medium 
you know, might be a guy that's that's not a great pitcher at the 6A level, but is the competition right. that he's faced in 6A better than the 2A stud? Right, uh, yeah, yeah, so I mean, yeah. That's all part of that equation, too, yes? Yeah, and then you have a kid at Smithville, I think, who's pitching his eight, who's throwing uh, class 1A program, who throws 97 miles an hour. So uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, you see some guys pop up at the, at the lower level, but you need to really see – uh, a good fastball out of those guys at the lower level to if they're going to have a chance to translate as a college pitcher. Man. Patrick, Patrick, talk how important it was the other night with Gabe Shepard's performance. I think you've got a possible tournament starting pitcher now if he's able to give you five or six innings like he did against Troy. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a chance that he's maybe your number three pitcher uh, in the conference tournament. Um, I think I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be on the mound at some point. Uh, and, and if you know if they're in a tough spot, uh, Scott may be inclined to go to him because uh, the other guys behind Walker Powell just have been really inconsistent, uh, been banged up. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if say uh, Walker through the first game of the tournament then maybe came back with uh, Shepard or something like that. So I, I think Shepard's uh, going to have a big role to play in the conference tournament and for the Golden Eagles going ahead. Hey, Patrick, hang on through the break, if you will. i got a couple of questions I want to ask you about the tournament. Of course, it's uh, just around the corner. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll come back with Patrick McGee. I want to remind you while we're talking about the Conference USA tournament that the program will be down there next Wednesday and Thursday. It'll be, what, our third or fourth year, Luke? I'm, I lose yeah, track. Yeah, fourth year, I believe. Fourth yeah. year. A two-hour show next Wednesday afternoon, or, yeah, Wednesday afternoon from the CA USA tournament, and then we'll be back Thursday with an hour-long normal show. So we really look forward to that. Uh, hopefully we'll get Patrick out and uh, spend a couple segments with us each day. Uh, Tim Bennett, uh, the man that puts on the tournament, we're planning to uh, bring him on the show. And uh, as many good guests as we can, so we look forward you to You always that. like that setup because when you look across the street and you see the Beau Rivage, it, it's a normal house for you, you know, I mean, that just... I'll actually be staying there uh, during the tournament, and I tell you what, I do love going down there, though. I think it's just a great environment. And I know you enjoy it too, and uh, we really look forward to uh, taking the uh, Eagle Hour to the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. All right, when we get back, uh, we're going to continue our conversation with the professor on the Eagle Hour right after this. To the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Fourth Street Bar and Grill, located on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Blue Plate Lunch with a drink. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Luke, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. We continue with Patrick McGee. 
from the Biloxi Sun Herald. Patrick, uh, as uh, we, we saw what happened uh, Tuesday night, Troy, you know, with, I think their RPI is somewhere 117, 118. But what do the Eagles have to do offensively? We talked more uh, pitching in, in the last segment. Offensively, what's got to be the approach going into the conference uh, tournament and against UAB this weekend? Uh, really, it's just uh, hope that Walner and Bowen are really swing the bats and long players, just the meat of the lineup. Uh, you didn't see a whole lot of production out of those guys uh, last week against uh, uh, Rice. So really it just comes down to your best guys hitting the baseball. Uh, I think they've got the lineup kind of how it should have been maybe even earlier in the season. They finally figured it out about midway through. Uh, so I, I think the, the pieces are in place. Everybody's kind of where they need to be. It's just a matter of these guys producing. And uh, it's just got to be Slater, Bowen, and Walner for those guys to really hit their best. That's that's really what's got to happen at this point. Patrick, so much has been made about uh, about Walner's uh, opportunity to be drafted very highly in the major league draft. Right. Coming up in a couple of weeks, and I know it's really hard for the guys to stay focused on what they're doing when they could potentially be drafted. What are you hearing about um, any other prospects for Golden Eagles maybe going in the in the major league draft of those that are draft eligible? Yeah, I mean, I don't see. I mean, Walker Powell was was eligible last year as a three year guy. Uh, maybe he gets a closer look this time around. But other than that, I mean, I I just don't see uh, too many guys getting zeroed in on it as pro prospects. I mean, I don't doubt that guys will get a draft get drafted. Uh, but I don't see any early selections really coming out of this team other than Walner. Uh, you know, Walner stock has lost a little bit this year just because he kind of hit a hit a wall early in the year and didn't have his best. I think he's picked it up and has hit the ball pretty well. But uh, So, yeah, I, I think it all comes down to Walner. Maybe Powell gets another look. But Powell's one of those guys, he's got the build at 6'7", but his, his fastball isn't that great, you know, something that you would expect out of, uh, out of somebody that out of that frame, that size. And he also has the history of the Tommy John surgery. So I would think at this point, I would think Walner's probably going to be the the one guy who, who who goes early for this team. And we've kind of joked about new athletic director Jeremy McLean being really busy since he's been, been on the job at Southern Miss, and now here he goes again. He's got to hire another coach, yeah. now, albeit a softball coach. Any news on that front? No, I mean, it happened really quick, and, and obviously uh, everything McLean said, he wanted uh, Wendy Hope to stay on as a softball coach, but I think Wendy at Pedal High has got herself a situation where, uh, you know, being an AD and a softball coach, she'll get paid pretty well, and, and she'll have a lot more free time to spend with family uh, for her. But as far as, like, the softball her. coach, yeah, I don't think there's anybody else that, you know, there's just an obvious step in and take over. Uh, but I think uh, uh, Jeremy should have a pretty good list of candidates to hire from because uh, they've got some you know, such good talent. Uh, returning from this year's team. So uh, I, I would expect them to make a pretty solid hire. All right, Patrick, before we run out of time, let's set the table here. Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech safely into the tournament. Rice and Old Dominion each get in if they win one game during the weekend. So you have to assume if that's accurate, they both get in. they got Marshall, San Antonio, Florida International, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, UAB. They're battling for the final two spots. Safe to say that no matter what happens this weekend, Florida Atlantic and Southern Miss will be playing an opening game against two of these teams that are still battling to get in the tournament? Yeah, you would think so, unless either Rice or Marshall just really kind of uh, you know take a step back. This, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would have to be one of those teams, and I think Charlotte's in a decent position to get in, I think. 
uh, UAB is it's going to be darn near impossible for them to get in considering they're playing in Hattiesburg. But yeah, I would I would expect Southern Miss to be playing a, a Charlotte or an FIU or a or a UTSA something like that. Uh, Marshall will be have an interesting. So I believe they play Rice this weekend. Uh, that'll be one of the interesting series to watch. See how that plays out for those guys. But yeah, one of those teams, uh, Southern Miss probably has a two seed. Most likely, will be playing that seven seed. Is there that big a difference between being the one and two seed when it comes to the bracketing of the tournament? No, not really. I mean, I, I don't think it makes a big deal. I, I, you know, I'm not exactly who they would match up in the next time around, which game they would match up with. I don't have that bracket in front of me. But I think seeding doesn't really matter a whole lot at this point. I mean, being a one seed does help. Uh, but, you know, Southern Miss is also uh, – they've, they've had to, you know, force themselves to kind of go the long road before whenever they had a setback in the first game out. It's happened before for Southern Miss. So uh, there are no guarantees in the conference tournament because usually if you put the top eight teams in, uh, that's a pretty solid group of uh, teams. Even that seventh and eighth uh, team have ace or somebody that can beat you. So, uh, no, I would say seeding doesn't matter that much. Uh, last question, Patrick. Um, when when we're thinking about Biloxi, uh, you know, just just want to make sure that the weather doesn't affect us a, as much this year. What did you see last year? You know, from a weather perspective, that really dampened uh, the team's ability to, to to play consistently. Oh, I mean, it was a nightmare last year. It really didn't even rain that much. It was just the the thunderstorms that just passed close to the stadium, both south and north. It was kind of a strange deal. And be dry as a bone at the ballpark, and then thunderstorms have passed through. Yeah, I mean, it was just a frustrating deal, and it really kind of, more than anything, it just brought down attendance. I don't think it really impacted play as much as, as people would think. But uh, if you look at the forecast, not to jinx it, but that forecast is looking really, it's looking really warm, but it's looking really sunny all next week. And so it's setting up to where it's going to have to have good man. weather. Uh, so I, I think it's setting up to be a much better situation. I mean, last year was just a nightmare. Uh, with how how they just went through the first three days of the tournament and really kind of pushed everything back, uh, they were they did a good conference did a good job of just getting everything in in that tournament, being able to finish it out. Uh, this week, I, I don't expect to have any kind of at least no issues to that level again next week. All right, Patrick, you're gonna be able to join us next week when we get down there. Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. All right, we'll look forward to seeing He's going to take us out on the yacht, Bob. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go between games out on the yacht. Am I right about that, Patrick? Well, I, mean, I might be able to walk y'all onto somebody's yacht. I'm not saying we're actually be able to go on the water. <laughs> we just have to turn around and come back. <laughs> I got you. All right, thanks, Professor. We appreciate your time, man. All right, have a good one. Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. You know, Kelly, it kind of a... Patrick's kind of a dying breed, and that's a full-time newspaper sports reporter. I mean, I'm I'm glad he's there. He does a great job covering Southern Miss. But you know, back in mine and your day, that was a you know, that was a big career field. Not so much anymore. No, that's for sure. With the onset of uh, social media and all these, you know, my face or slash tags or whatever all this other stuff is. You know, it seems like everybody can just say whatever they want to say, and um, and it's taken for, you know, truth, which is which is scary, you know, a little bit. But um, but you know, mm-hmm. if you in, but even with Patrick and guys like him that are still around, because people say, well, they won't sources won't talk to you. They will if you if you treat them fairly and report exactly what they said. 
you know, if you try to you know spin things around the way that you want it to sound, and that's not exactly what they said, then they get a little bit upset with you. And as long as they understand you don't have an agenda, you know, you're just there to get the truth, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then sources would, would talk to you all the time. So there, it's an art form, and it comes with experience. But um, I hate that there aren't as many guys like him, women, around that, that do a good job. It's just just the world is changing, you know. No question about that. I remember the day that the Sunday morning newspaper was a treat, man. That's how you, that's how you began every Sunday morning. Uh, really, not uh, not so much now. All right, uh, Kelly J. What do the Golden Eagles have to do tonight to uh, get off to a good start and and take care of UAB this weekend? Well, first of all, I want to go back to the Troy game. That was. The fact that they won, not necessarily surprising, okay, but the way in which they won. All right, they took care of the baseball, only gave up a couple of runs. And it's not like Troy is the worst team in the league, so to speak. Pretty decent team. But the fact that they put up as many runs as they did and gave up as few as they did means heading into this tournament, they, they have to be playing with a little bit of confidence. And I think that's a piece of the puzzle that lots of time gets underestimated. Because when people start questioning themselves in whatever aspects of their life, they're never going to perform as well as they're capable of. And they also know, based on, and you guys just heard what, what Patrick said, he thinks the Eagles you know, have got to win this series, which they should. You know, they should win this series. But I thought that they'd sweep uh, FAU, even with, when the Owls came to town and were so highly heralded. But I, I really like the way that they're playing with confidence. They do have a little bit of a um, a little bit of a break, and that UAB has struggled this year. This is a series they should win. And of course, if you go into the tournament with that same confidence, it's amazing how it carries over and could only be a plus, in my opinion. You know, UAB though, man, UAB is never ever easy for the Golden Eagles in any sport. So, uh, Southern Miss gonna have to come out and play well tonight. I think it's important. Let's make Ron Polk continue to hate the Pete. Correct. Yes, the great Ron Polk will be there tonight. Yes. I forgot as a about volunteer that. baseball yeah. assistant. Maybe the greatest ever Maybe volunteer. The greatest ever. And one of the great baseball coaches of all time. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap up this Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour from Laurel and Hattiesburg. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Gulfport Home Center brings you the Eagle Hour every day on the fourth segment. The largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Go see our friends at Gulfport Home Center located on Highway 49 
in Gulfport. Southern Miss takes on the UAB Blazers, and yes, we play tonight because of the conference tournament uh, beginning on Wednesday of next week. Southern Miss will take on UAB tonight, Friday, and Saturday. 6 p.m. tonight at the Pete, 6 p.m. tomorrow night, 1 p.m. the finale on Saturday. Rotation's been announced. Walker Powell will start tonight. Stevie Powers will start tomorrow. Cody Carroll... Will uh, has been named the starter for uh, the Saturday game. And Bob, as David Crane gloriously reported yesterday, no starting left-handers in the rotation for UAB. Right, but UAB always worries me. I mean, I, you can go back to any sport, and UAB always seems to play a little harder uh, when they're playing Southern Miss. And, of course, their backs are against the wall. You know, their, their season comes to an end if they don't come down here they and sweep. play really well. They have yeah. to sweep to get in the conference tournament. And I would say the Golden Eagles have to sweep uh, to, to win the Conference USA title simply because FAU's got Middle Tennessee. Right. Middle Tennessee did sweep uh, Western Kentucky earlier in the year. Western Kentucky's been a, a, a Mountain Valley team, though. It looks like Middle Tennessee caught them in a valley. So I, I don't see really how Middle uh, FAU's going to lose that series. Middle may get one game from them, but Eagles are going to have to sweep. Well, here's another interesting dynamic. And, uh, Kelly, give us your input on this. UAB... Last place in the conference, I think. However, they've won their last two conference series, uh, three conference series. The Golden Eagles have lost their last two conference series. Is that a factor? Could be, could be, but again, I like going back to the point I, I made earlier. I think Southern Miss is playing with real, with real confidence right now, um, and and maybe I'm painting too bright a picture here, um, but I, I just think that and and your point is taken, Bob, about UAB because I remember one football season. I think it was uh, when Elfed was here when Larry, oh. Larry Fedora was here. The, yeah. the Eagles could have played in a bowl in a bowl series game, and UAB had no right. business beating right. us that year in football, and they did. You know, so your your point about UAB. Right. Um, it is taken. Um, so I, I don't think so. I, I think I think uh, Southern Miss should handle them them pretty easily. But on the other side of the coin, UAB really relaxed. They're not playing for near as much, in my opinion, as Southern Miss is. And everybody tends to do well when you're relaxed. Uh, and I think and I think UAB right. probably will come in, you know, playing pretty relaxed. Now you and Luke both closely follow high school baseball. Interesting that we have two former. Southern Miss baseball players coaching teams this weekend that can win state championships, Luke. They do. Wade Weathers is taking the Stringer Red Devils today against Smithville. Uh, they're, they're actually starting right, or about to start in, in just a few minutes. Stringer in one, the 1A South champion. Uh, Wade Weathers was a pitcher for the 2009, on the 2009 uh, World Series team. Trey Sutton uh, won last night against Lafayette. He, he and his West Jones Mustangs won 10-1 to convincing fashion last night. Dustin Dicker Who's a Southern Miss baseball signee? Pitched last night. Uh, tonight we'll be uh, we'll be broadcasting SuperTalk.Laurel that game. So you can log on to SuperTalk.Laurel and listen to uh, Caleb Hamill and I broadcast the West Jones uh, game two. And West Jones going for their first state championship in baseball. So it's exciting to have that Southern Miss connection in the baseball state championship. You Kelly, got- I know you had a son that played on a state championship baseball team, so you you know firsthand how much pressure is on these kids and these young coaches like the two we're talking about oh i don't even know how you measure it uh, you're playing in front of, of big crowds you know um oak grove had two state championship teams in 2012 2014 it's it's really cool to be able to go to that venue 
you know, and play on, on that size of field with all the other things going on. Mm-hmm. It's real easy, though, when it, experience counts <clears throat> because, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're not used to playing in that environment, you tend to get a little bit uh, wide-eyed and can tense up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So these schools who have been back there and back there like a Summerall, you know, like some of these teams who have been there time and time again, they have a huge advantage, you know, going into to the state uh, tournament like that. I wanted to, to make, if I can, you guys, a point on Wendy Hogue. She was a guest here on the Eagle Hour a little bit earlier. Yes. The, a, a point that, that I think should be made, which, which may which may have had even further impact on her decision to leave Southern Miss, is the word out of the conference that in softball games next year, you know, it used to be one game on Friday and then a doubleheader on Saturday. Well, from what I understand, from what I'm hearing out of the Conference USA now, they're they're thinking of softball next year, not doing that single games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so that would mean even yeah. more time yeah. away from her family, which she you know said is so important that 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 not happen. So if so, she may have you know she may have heard that from the conference too and say, oh, that's just another reason why. Now is the time. I don't know. I don't know the benefits of, of doing that for softball, playing single games in each of those days, because it would just increase costs for travel. It would increase, you know, meal costs, lodging costs, all those sorts of things. But that's that's what I'm hearing. Maybe coming down from Conference USA. That regardless, re- regardless, Wendy Hogue stays in the Pine Belt. She'll be good at Pedal High School. Right. One more thing to report before we run out of time: New England Patriots. Have brought back Jamie Collins. And you know he's the happiest man in the NFL right now, right? right. Him and Belichick must have smoothed it over because yeah, he's going back. So. All right, Kelly, you're off to the Indy 500. Am I right, brother? Somebody has to do it. I drew the short straw. Enjoy it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm off. We'll right. be gone all next week, guys. We're going to track you down and, and get a report. Uh, would, would that be possible to do that? I mean, would you be in condition to do that at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Uh, well, the 1 o'clock in the afternoon is the key fi- is the key figure. Yeah, I think 1 o'clock will work. <laughs> I think <laughs> any time after 9 o'clock I should be, uh, shall we say, unavailable. All right. <laughs> I got you. All right. Well, you be safe, but man. We'll see you when you get back. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock for more Eagle Hour Sports Talk. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.